I thought it would be appropriate for our confession to use the words of Psalm 23, that we simply say that wonderful psalm together as the comfort of the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Please be seated. We come with our offerings for the work of the tuition relief supporting Christian education. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the opportunity to come. In your presence, and Lord Jesus, we thank you for being our good shepherd, for walking with us, guiding us, providing for us. And Lord, in that too, we are eternally thankful and grateful that we have been taken uh, under your care, your shepherding care, and that as we... uh, hear your word again as we think about your coming at Christmas, that we see your great love and care for each one of us, and that as we uh, hear and understand more, that we would be strengthened and encouraged in uh, just living each day for you. We pray that you would bless our time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And Pete is going to read for us. The scripture, the scripture passage tonight is uh, taken from the book of Luke, and I will be reading to you from Luke chapter 2, verses 4 through 12, and uh, you can find that on page 1590 of your pew Bibles. So page 1590, Luke 2, 4 to 12. 
So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Our text is verse 8, where it says there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Uh, Congregation of Jesus Christ, this is probably uh, one of the more, maybe one of the most familiar readings. You could almost have recited it for us. Hey, Pete? Yeah. But in, in the familiar... There, there are things that, that we overlook, that we don't realize. And that's, that's what came out uh, as we had opportunity, Barbara and I, to travel uh, through Egypt and Jordan and Israel. And we, we went to different places and we read different stories and we thought about the things that we knew. And it was just, again... More, there was more that, that we never actually realized and that, that spoke more deeply to our hearts. And so I've been touching on some of these things just, just randomly through over the summer and different things. And so this is one of those uh, reflections again. Uh, we did have opportunity to meet with the group again uh, not this past Thursday, the Thursday before, where the whole group got back together and we, we talked about what struck you and how God was working through what we'd seen and heard. And so it, it continues to just be something too, that I'm just studying through what we saw and what we've listened to and heard when we were there. So one of the things, as you go around was to see the shepherds, of course. You see shepherds and sheep, and there is the Bedouins, and, and they have their sheep, and they're taking them here and there, and you think, too, this was what it was like, to a degree, right? They have their cell phones now and everything, but overall, they are still taking the sheep out and, and moving, and, and during the day, you see out in the pasture and everything. So, so that whole picture, and I'll reflect more on that, uh, another time, just in terms of of, of the shepherds and, and Moses as a shepherd. And it's, it's fascinating. But one day we were traveling on our travels and we were uh, in the area of Bethlehem. And 
and we had, we stopped by a cave. And there are many caves there. It was surprising because uh, you think, too, there's no caves here. But there's, there's caves, many, many caves. And even, even there's an area where, where the people of Israel, um, during times of attack, hid often in the caves and deep in the caves. And there were, there were lots of caves. And, and even like Pastor Neil, last Sunday we were in Woodinuck and he showed some pictures of caves definitely there. Now, when we, we got to that area, we pondered again the Christmas story. And having seen the shepherds and things, especially the shepherds and the, their part in the story, which is, is, too, of God as a good shepherd, all of that is there, the sheep uh, as God's people, and it brings all of those in, in the focus. God's people are like sheep. He is our shepherd, Psalm 23. And, and knowing more about shepherds and sheep helps us understand more of the Bible. The analogy is, is meant to be helpful. And so we have lost some of the, the closeness to it, and we lose many of the nuances. So it was with some surprise that, that as we went through this very familiar story and, and just reflected, too, on, on Jesus being born in Bethlehem, then, then our leader, George, he, he said too, did you realize, have you ever thought about uh, verse 8, where, where it says the shepherds lived out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And so, of course, of course we know that, because they, they were keeping watch over their flocks by night, because that, that's a beautiful background then, the dark sky, and then the angels come and sing, and that's beautiful, right? So that's why they're out at night. And, and so the beautiful angels speak to them. But in fact, almost or actually never did shepherds take care of their sheep in the fields at night. <laughs> they just didn't do that. It just didn't happen. Because they would, they would graze their sheep uh, during the day. They would keep watch over their sheep during the day. But at night, they brought them home. And they put them either in a sheepfold or uh, a walled enclosure or, or even more commonly in a cave. And that's where the sheep were kept. Safe, at night, in the dark. Everything good. They kept the sheep in the cave at night. And then the shepherds would go home to bed. Maybe one would watch over by the cave. But it was, it was safety. It was security. Avoiding the dangers of the night. So there is, there is when, when the first people who knew sheep and shepherds read this, they would pause at verse 8 and they'd say, that's odd. Now we just read it and think, oh, that's the story. And wasn't that nice. So, so what's going on? Luke puts that in the story. Very specifically. And there is in, in, the, in the Gospels too. In John things happen at night. And, and day and night. It's, it's significant. They, they don't just throw that around randomly. It says they were out watching their flocks. 
at night, out in the fields. So what's going on? It's, it's for us to understand more deeply, I think, highlight Jesus' birth and Jesus' humble, the humbleness of Jesus' birth. And that's the title for the message tonight, The Humble Birth of Our Savior. His very humble beginning. And we know that. We know that to a degree. But, but let me explain. We, we know the story of Joseph and Mary here in Luke 2. And, and the fact that as they came together, Mary was found to be pregnant before they got married. And that, that is an absolute shameful thing. Totally, totally unacceptable. So Joseph is shocked by that reality, and that's, that's the reality behind uh, chapter 2. So it's not all nice Christmas fun. No, Joseph is shocked. His uh, love is betrothed, has, has committed a grave sin, and he is going to divorce her, but by grace he doesn't. And so, and by God's dream, he accepts her. But the damage is done in the minds of everybody else. And, and you need to realize that the baby is going to be a mumzer. M-A-M-Z-E-R. That's the, that's the word in the text. He is a, a mumzer. He's a bastard. He's an unwanted child. He's... He is an ungodly child. He is very, very low on the scale of... In John 8, verse 41, some people accuse Jesus in this line, being born of fornication. That hangs over him. And when Jesus goes back to his hometown in Mark 6... Back to Nazareth, he is called a son of Mary. And they're not sure who his father is. They're still not sure. Joseph accepted her. Joseph accepted her as his wife. But she would never admit who the father was. And so when she goes back to that town, they say, oh, there is the son of Mary. We really don't know who his father is. So those, those kind of details are, are strong in the rabbinic literature too in relation to who Jesus was. His mother was clearly known. The identity of his father was uncertain. He was a mumser. And a mumser is lower than a poor person, is lower than a mistrusted person. The shepherds themselves were, were on the lower level of things. But then if, if you were from this, yeah, uh, these, these details, your father was, was uh, uncertain, your mother was unfaithful, you were, you were right at the bottom. You were not at all looked upon with any respect. There was even, and there is, uh, those 
those children, mamzers, were not allowed in the temple or in the synagogues later on. So there is, there is a, a real hindrance, a huge disgrace for the parents, but especially for the child, Jesus. We see the effect when they go to Bethlehem to register, and they are looking for a, a guest room, a catalona. Uh, the, the translation we have is, is there was no room in the inn, but catalona is, is more a family thing, more a guest room in the house of family members. And so many families had an extra room, and, and Mary and Joseph, being from the line of David, would have had relatives in Bethlehem who would normally have had them stay in their homes. Catalona is a guest room, but they are being shunned. The rest of the family knows that that this is all not right. They were betrothed. She got pregnant. He accepted her, but the whole thing is wrong. It's not good. And in their eyes, and they feel before God, and so there is no room for that reason. They are being shunned in a culture where, where shame is, it's, it's a shame culture. So they have brought shame on the family. And so it affects all of those relatives. And as soon as Mary and Joseph come into the picture, everybody is, is feeling guilty for what went on. And so they are not accepted. This man, Joseph, the girl, sinful girl, and the child is not welcome. And so that's the context. So where do they go? And when you consider among the lowly, the despised, the sinners you go to those who are already ranked fairly low. They might accept you. You feel more accepted among those who are already looked down upon, if you are looked down upon. And so they likely ended up with the shepherds, untrustworthy, looked down upon. Not, not like a mumser, but still, the shepherds don't have a good reputation either. And so they would be the ones who would take in Joseph and Mary. The shepherds living nearby in Bethlehem, and they had pity on the couple, and they have little to offer, but they have a cave where the sheep normally stay, and the couple is welcome to stay. And the connection there, too, is, is with verse 12 in a manger, and the manger wasn't for food because they, the sheep were fed out in the fields during the day. The manger was stone, was for water, and the manger would be in the cave. And we went into a cave, and there were mangers in there. You just used that for caring for the sheep. So, so the shepherds welcomed the couple, though they know very little about them, and, and Mary is in the last stages of pregnancy. And the shepherds allow them to stay. And 
though they never stay out with their sheep at night, they stay out now because the cave is being used. The cave is where Mary is having the baby. And so out of necessity, giving a little quiet to the birth process, the shepherds make an exception and they stay out in the fields at night. There would have to be a reason. And so the thought is that 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 might have been the reason. And they let Mary and Joseph have the cave and the Savior is born there. And the exception might be the reason that Luke says that the shepherds were out in the fields with the sheep at night. So if if that's that's some conjecture, some it has it has definite ties. Absolutely, we don't know exactly how it all went. But if if that's how it went, what what does that add to our understanding? The emphasis of of his humble birth, first of all, lower than the shepherds. And also, being in the Middle East, uh, definitely uh, some of the understandings of a shame culture and how the family wouldn't have accepted her. And if you think about Philippians 2, where it talks about Jesus coming down, 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 all the way down to, to the lowest possible place. And so this is, this is even a less sanitized. We try to, to sanitize the Christmas story. And that, that Jesus came down, but it was a nice, comfortable stable, and there was lots of hay, and everybody was around, and everybody had a great time. And we think, no, that's, probably, that's not what it was. This is a Savior coming into a sinful world, and the reality of that sinfulness is on him right from the start. And and the cave itself, that we we were... It stank, it, it wasn't, it was low, it was dark, it, uh, the sheep, would, it, was, it was smelly. You think, well, that's not what we have in mind. You don't get that on Christmas cards. So why, what does that add? It's, it's even worse, and if you bring in the fact that he was despised and rejected, Isaiah 53, talking about Jesus as, as the lamb for slaughter, that he was despised and rejected. That's, that's a mumser. That's a bastard child. And you see that already at his birth. Isaiah 53 is being fulfilled already. More so than we would just with all of our cleansed kind of imagery. So that gets highlighted. The reality of, of the sinfulness that he takes on. The sin and the tragedy of this world. And that comes to mind when you actually sit in a stinking cave uh, near Bethlehem. The, the reality is, is the amazing truth that God in Jesus came down so far. That, that he does so, that Jesus comes down so far to find us. Well, well, we're not that, that bad. Well, yes, we are, actually. And he comes down all that way to save us, to give us a place 
who had no place. It reminds us in a way who we are. We are mamsers. We are bastard children. We are the ones who are conceived and born in sin. In John 8, Jesus talks about uh, John eight forty two. Jesus is speaking uh, his ministry to the people and to the Pharisees, and, and they are not receiving it. And he says, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. Uh, why is my language not clear to you? You are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. So Jesus identifies our father, the devil. And we are bastard children. We are, we are children of, of the devil's influence and sin in us. And that's, that's who we are. And Jesus says, you belong to your father, the devil. You carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. And so we, before God, are mumsers. We are born in sin. And we should be rejected. as the very lowest. We deserve to be shunned by God and we should have no place in his holy plans. Like the relatives in Bethlehem, God should have no room for us. But instead, he comes right down to us, to you and to me. He, our heavenly father, like Joseph in a way, accepts us as his own. And becomes our shepherd. Gives us a place and cares for us. So in seeing uh, the story this way. We see even more grace. Grace to us in all our weakness and all our failings. The gracious love of Jesus reaching out to us. That's why he came. And in that, we, we see the glory that the shepherds see. The glory of God displayed in his grace and love for sinners like them. And that's often part of the story. Absolutely. Jesus comes and speaks first to the shepherds and, and they hear the good news. We need to hear it too. Granted grace and salvation in Jesus completely undeserved. Along those lines as well, finally, when the shepherds are told to go. Uh, it, uh, it says, uh, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. Uh, you will find a babe wrapped in cloth. And they know where to go. They know where to go because the baby is in the cave where they left it. They, they, they know that this child, who they initially would would have thought too what a difficult situation what a terrible circumstance uh, they they being kind to this couple in a difficult circumstance now everything gets changed around now this is the savior of the world now God has come and they are not shunned anymore but favored they are not mumsers but euodica 
favored, favored of God. And so when we recognize and honestly admit our sinfulness, then God in grace comes to us and calls us favored, loved by God. Our condition changes and we are not shunned, but welcomed. This is the message of the gospel that we want to see proclaimed at Christmas. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your great love in Jesus Christ. And we thank you that we can, in your favor, come into your presence in worship, call upon you in prayer, not feel that we are shunned, not feel that we are discarded by you, hated and despised, but that you have come to us by your word and spirit, and that you have changed our situation, a situation of hopelessness, of sadness, of pain, into a situation of hope and trust in you. Lord, we do pray that you would continue to have your gospel message go out, and that as people recognize too, just our need, our great need in sin, that you are greater in your saving grace. We thank you for this message of hope that we continue to receive. In Jesus we pray, amen.